Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. The Exxon Radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell. And for the next four hours, I'm your host and your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I've called the Exxon for the past 20 years. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And the Exxon comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern on the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio. Star Cable and our growing family of broadcast affiliates right across Canada, the United States, Central America, the Caribbean, South America, the Pacific Rim, Asia, India, Africa, and Europe. Worldwide toll-free, 1-800-610-7035. Email xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, xzoneradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www.exxonradiotv.com. And don't forget, Exonation, you can always go to our podcast archive page where you can listen seven days a week, 24 hours a day, 365 days of the year with our compliments for the past 90 days at www.exzonepodcast.com. My first guest tonight is a gentleman I've had the pleasure of having on the show before. His name is Al Sylvester. And we're going to be talking about mythology this hour in the X-Zone. And first of all, I'd like to introduce to you the X-Zone Nation, Al Sylvester. Al, welcome back to the X-Zone. Uh, can you give our listeners a little bit about yourself so that 
if they hadn't been with us the last time you were with you were with us, that they can get a better idea of who you are? Yeah, Rob, first I want to say thanks for having me back on the show. Uh, I've grown since uh, I was here last time. We talked primarily just about alchemy. Mm-hmm. It was, I was introduced to the Gnostics uh, by another radio show host. I hadn't even read the Gnostics, but it's all ancient Egypt. And as I've always been studying alchemy, mm-hmm. uh, I can read the Gnostics probably better than uh, people that studied them most of their life because I know what they're based on. Well, for, for those who may not know, what are the Gnostics? The Gnostics are, uh, I think, mostly from the Coptic Christians, things that Jesus said, mm-hmm. but they've been buried in the ground for at least 1,800 years. When you know what they're about, they're all about the past Egyptian religion. Mm-hmm. They're uh, not just Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and uh, the starting of a new religion by Jesus Christ. He actually knew, talked about and practice the Egyptian religion, same one that Osiris practiced. Uh, and I think I say that because it's hard to find proof other than uh, pyramids being all over the planet. Mm-hmm. And uh, from the books of Gerald Massey, connections between all the different societies all over the planet that are similar, the same. Like uh, I told you that uh, when we talked about alchemy in Egypt, the sun was spirit, and that's the essence that we could uh, get from the sun. Like we we collect spirit from the sun, soul mm-hmm. from the moon. Well, the American Indian, which is on the other side of the world, prays to the great spirit behind the sun. It's coincidences like that that are all over the world that say that 10,000 years ago or beyond 10,000 years ago, I think there was a one-world religion and something happened to this planet that uh, must have about destroyed uh, the different societies. So are we saying that what we are going to be talking about over the next hour is going to be forgotten history? And are we going to be able to tie a circle from the past to the future? It's it's, uh, not so much that it was forgotten, but it was pretty much destroyed by the religious groups that have been in control because... uh, they didn't want you to know that the religion was based on the past. They wanted you to think that, you know, we have the Savior and uh, it's the new thing. Uh, the past is gone. They, d- they destroyed pretty much everything. However, they didn't know all the information that was buried in the ground in different tombs. Uh, they didn't know, you know, like the Gnostics uh, was buried in a jar in a cave out in the desert somewhere that somebody found. All right, Al, we're going to have to take a break here. I've got to take my first two-minute commercial break. Exonation Al Sylvester is our special guest. www.thefirstmythology.com is his website. That's www.thefirstmythology.com. Al Sylvester and I will return on the other side of this two-minute commercial break as the Exon continues with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. And welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. My name is Rob McConnell. 
www.exxonradiotv.com is our website. My guest this hour is Al Sylvester. We're going to be talking about mythology from way back when. Al's website, www.mythology, I'm sorry, thefirstmythology.com. That's www.thefirstmythology.com. Al, who do you think it was who destroyed the ancient knowledge of this uh, all-one-world religion and why? Well, first I would say that Massey, Gerald Massey, said that... uh, he uh, had, you know, dug up so much of Egypt. He said that at 4500 BC, even the Egyptians were having trouble understanding the religion. Mm-hmm. But there was always the holy man, like Jesus, which who was a holy man, uh, that knew the secret uh, religion. In our near time, everything pretty much was destroyed by the uh, Christian church. They. Uh, they were terrible with uh, the female. They they went into villages and perhaps killed all the females in a village, except for maybe one or two. Uh, all all knowledge of the past was just destroyed. That's why I think the Gnostics were buried. It was uh, somebody around AD 200 mm-hmm. that wanted to save the past records, so they they stuffed them all in this big jar and took them out and buried them. Now, where was this big jar found? Uh, it's someplace outside of Alexandria in the desert. Other than that, that's all I can tell you. It's where they've been digging up a lot of stuff out there. Mm-hmm. What else did they find in that approximate dig area? Well, I can't tell you that. Uh, it wasn't a dig area. It was a, a couple of uh, boys that were out messing around, and, and they found the jar. They took the jar home mm-hmm. because it was full of parchments, and uh, their mother actually burnt some of them because she was using them for firing her stove. So when we look at the biblical account of Genesis, is that the true account, or is there another version? And if so, I'd like to hear it. Okay, there's another version. When I started to study alchemy, Mm -hmm. uh, they said Genesis, if you read the different books, the, the alchemist said Genesis was the greatest book ever written on alchemy. And they said to study nature, so that's what I did. And after a long period of time, because... There's just no explanation. Everything is a puzzle. So you have to figure out so many different puzzles before you get anywhere. Genesis comes from Egypt, ancient Egypt. I don't even know how old Genesis is, but it's based on how the world works. They saw the Earth as two Earths, the northern hemisphere, what we call, and the southern hemisphere. Mm -hmm. The sun moves north for six months, and the northern hemisphere is recreated. The sun then moves south for six months. And the southern hemisphere is recreated. Those six months are the six days. A day is based on the moon. One cycle of the moon was one day. In Genesis, it says waters above, plural. That's the sun, moon, and stars. The Egyptians didn't make anything up, and they didn't have anything that you had to accept as a faith. They used what was here. And just look at the moon. You could not say, well, it was a weak the moon wouldn't even be waxing in a week, or it would mm-hmm. just be starting to wax. So if you're using the moon, you have to use it as a cycle. The six days, six months in each hemisphere based on the moon. The beginning for the northern hemisphere is December when the, the sun starts to move north. The third day when the waters come together is our spring. 
and everything, you know, mm -hmm. starts to grow. Uh, the northern hemisphere is pretty much finished by summer, food to eat, so on. So they felt that that's when the man would have been created. They studied nature. Look at the sun and moon as the mother and father of the earth, male mm -hmm. and female. That's how they described them. And in all the legend, uh, the earth actually was thought of as a type of huge egg. If you get into the re Egyptian religion, uh, the first act of creation, as in Genesis, was the laying of the egg for the ball of the sun. The Templars that everybody's talked about recently from Dan Brown's work, they have a tower in Newport that they've said is a Templar-built tower. On December 21st, the sun shines through a small window, and it aligns with a, an egg that's carved on the wall. Of course, there's no explanation for what it means, right. but that's what it's about. You know, that was their time of the year to start the alchemical process. Their other buildings uh, in Europe, before they left Europe, all had alignment to the stars and stuff. You have to remember that they didn't have clocks like we do today. They did everything by the movement of the sun or the stars that were overhead. Mm -hmm. All these alignments told them when they had to do things or when they had to change the uh, steps, with the, what they were doing with the egg in that process. So all of our religion, and this was a shocker to me, is really based on perfecting matter. They took an egg, they rotted it, they regenerated it, they augmented it. They did this over a 16th month period of time inside of a pyramid. Um, it really is very scientific. The eggshell has to do with sacred geometry. The pyramid has to do with sacred geometry. That's the way nature works. When you have the one in the other, somehow it concentrates the energy, and the matter over time is perfected. I say that because all the religion is based on this process when you know it. The virgin birth comes from this process. The resurrection comes from this process. Christmas comes from this process. It's all there, all the different steps when you understand it. If it didn't work, mm -hmm. it, it, it wouldn't be there. And God actually came from this process because the matter does what they say that it did. And uh, it's primarily a work of the sun where it says in Genesis, God saw the light and it was good. That's never been explained to you, but what it means is they believe there was a part of God in the light. Why they believe that was this matter is perfect. Well, there's no perfection except for God. So God must be in the sun. That's where the sun worship came from. And God, they understood as pure spirit. And as I told you, it's in all the alchemy books. We get mm -hmm. spirit from sun and soul from the moon. That's important because in Genesis, Adam was androgynous, part male, part female. The upper lights that created the earth when the waters came together and the dry land was formed. Well, 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 wait a second here. How do we know that Adam was part man and part female? How did we come to that conclusion? Where's the proof? It, it says it right in the Bible that Adam was androgynous. That's, I've, re I've read the Bible many times and I've never come across that. Well, let's... Uh, I have to I'd have to look to see exactly where it is but part of that understanding was why they could make the female from Adam is that he was both a male and a female type of uh, character 
that's that's an assumption. It's not a fact. Well, it's all an assumption. And so how do we how do, how do we know that the assumption true. is real and that it's not misconstrued? That's the way the science uh, explains itself. Which, uh, it's all in, right, but uh, I, even even uh, Jesus talked about it. In fact, to get in depth about what it has to do with, he actually gave in the Gnostics the process of making the philosopher's stone. And he says where you make the male and the female, which is the androgynous matter, into one where it's no longer male or female. Well, that's an interpretation, Al, but I, I don't agree with it. Well, that's okay. Everybody has the right to agree or to not agree with, uh, with what's there. Well, you're saying agree or disagree with what's there. When somebody tells me something is there, that's evidence. But what you're talking about is sheer speculation. Well, you could say that it's speculation, but that's what's written in, in, in the, the books in a lot of different places. But who wrote the books? God didn't write the books. Men wrote the books. God didn't write the books. There, a lot of them, if you read Gerald Massey's books, they're, uh, they go back for thousands of years. In fact, the prayer, this, uh, the old Egyptian prayer is what they call it, but with the Gnostics they call it Jesus and saying 22. Massey has it in his book as an old Egyptian prayer. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know where it's written on a stone tablet, but his, uh, his you, work is pretty good. You see, when we talk about religion, no matter what religion it is, it's a philosophy. It's based on belief. There is no core, uh, collaborating fact to go along with this. So this is why when, whenever we talk about religion, we have to take a lot of it with a big grain of salt. I agree. But what I'm telling you is mm -hmm. what I found is an explanation that is at least 10,000 years old, and it has to do with the life and times of Osiris, which I'm sure you've had mythicists on your, on your show yeah. that have yeah. talked and said that Jesus is the same as Osiris. But nobody has ever been on your show and said what Osiris is based on. Now, what I can show you is and I can show it to you in the alchemical library, okay? There's 50 different series allegories, and I'm at the point where that I can explain probably 30 of them. Mm -hmm. And they all relate to the same thing. They all relate back to ancient Egypt. They all say what I'm telling you. You know, I don't, uh, I don't think there's anyone that I've ever talked to about uh, the philosophy of religion who agrees that, you know, the earth was created in seven days and everything else, you know, uh, the book of Genesis. I look, I look at religion uh, as a philosophy, as a way that man way back when could best try to understand the world around him. Well, these were simple people. They were simple times. You know, they were shepherds. They were, they were sand uh, travelers. The, their limit of knowledge was very little. However, they, they grew to understand what they could see with their eyes, and what they didn't see with their eyes, they made up. And thus we have religion. There's a lot of people that think along those lines. Gerald Massey, in his books, uh, mm -hmm. called it the natural genesis. Uh, he could have settled this 100 years ago because there were alchemists at the time that... Uh, now, 
the way I understand it, mm. is that tried to talk to him because he was totally against anything alchemical. There had to be a reason why he was. Now, his natural genesis is exactly what you're saying. He said, All right, there, we've was, got, we've got there to was nothing. We've got to take our news break. Please stand by. Exxon Nation, our guest this hour is Al Sylvester. His website, www.thefirstmythology.com. That's www.thefirstmythology.com. And we'll be back on the other side of the news as the Exxon continues with yours truly, Rob McConnell. Don't go away. You're listening to the X-Zone Radio Show, live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network. X-Zone Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, and Star Cable. Our toll-free telephone number worldwide is 1-800-610-7035. Our email address, xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, xzoneradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www.xzoneradiotv.com. Back everyone, we're talking about mythology and alchemy this hour of the Exxon. My guest this hour is Al Sylvester. His website is www.thefirstmythology.com. That's www.thefirstmythology.com. If if everything was one religion way back when, why are there so many now? And how do we know for a fact, Al, that there was only one religion? If you learn, and this is what has to be done. I tell everybody that I talk to, I said, listen, there's eight steps to this process that I found. It covers 16 months, mm-hmm. okay? That 16 month is a duplication of the life and times of Osiris, and it's a duplication of all the Egyptian holidays. It's also a duplication of how they celebrated the holidays. I, I, I could give you examples if you want. Sure. Okay. A lot of people say, well, the little buggers, they had orgies in October. Well, October is actually where Osiris decided he wanted to be a god. Mm -hmm. He had to be further augmented. And it ties into Genesis because the waters have to come together again and further augment the matter. That's why you have to learn Genesis. Okay. If the waters are coming together in the above, they just came together in the below. Hmm. Okay, now here's another thing. On this, on September, it's the virgin birth because the matter is brought forth by the moon only. Now you have to see the moon as they saw the moon, the goddess Isis, the mother of uh, Horus, the husband to Osiris. Okay, Osiris comes back to life during that month, and he's this matter that they're talking about in the religion, but 
in the alchemical process, it's the mercury. If you read Flamel, I don't. I think you probably heard of Flamel, the yes. alchemist. Mm -hmm. He says where before we called it death, now we call it life. This is where they brought the Ankh out in Egypt, which is a Tau cross, and everybody says it's an oval on the top of it, but it's not. If you know it's about the egg, it's a Tau cross with the uh, egg on the top. This is when they hung a serpent, and Massey says it wasn't a serpent of death, it was a serpent of life. Well, the two serpents actually were used as a way to show the sun and the moon why they did this was the serpent on a yearly basis sheds its skin and renews itself. Well, it was a metaphor for the light because on a yearly basis, the uh, sun renews the below. It's like they used the dog tied to Sirius, which was Osi Osiris in the myth, mm -hmm. and uh, the three belt, or the three stars in Orion's belt. They said, well, that has to do with the three-day wobble of the uh, earth during December. That's not true. It has to do with, it takes three months for Osiris to be augmented further. This is where Jesus said, making the male and female with the sun and moon, that's the male and female, and the matter is androgynous, into one where it is no longer male or female because now Horus becomes a god. But what that's about is in April is when the stone is actually finished and it's a perfect substance and it's perfect from the sun, which is like God. It's a perfect substance. And only God's perfect, so it's like God. So, so let me ask you this. Yeah. All the stories in the Bible, are they true or are they all metaphors? Was Moses real? Did Moses really bring the Jews out of Egypt? Was there a person called Christ? Was he the son of God? Did he walk on water? Were there 12 apostles? I can only tell you the conclusion that I have mm -hmm. from the things that I can show and prove, and I tell everybody that. I'm starting to have a hard time believing that Jesus was a real person. Let me explain why. Okay. First of all, it was the Coptic Christians out of Alexandria that they say Jesus was a part. Mm -hmm. They had the ancient knowledge. Now, the way it was in the past, every 2,000 years when a new age came, now that was the age of Pisces was coming, like right now we have the age of Aquarius yes. coming. Yeah. If this was still the ancient Egyptian uh, empire, all their temples would be torn down and they'd all be rebuilt and they'd be tied in with the new age. And Osiris mm -hmm. would be linked to the new uh, messiah of that age. Well, see, the Egyptian empire was pretty much destroyed. You had all these people that knew the old religion. Mm -hmm. There had to be a savior. Right. Otherwise, it was like, how are the people going to pay any attention? We have to have a savior. So Jesus became the savior. And John the Baptist is a big part of that whole story. Well, you can go get out Massey's books, and you can read about this in ancient Egyptian history. And then you can read it, the near Egyptian history tied with Osiris. They used to baptize with the Nile water. See, I thought that, you know, John the Baptist was, that was a new thing. No, it's, he's thousands and thousands of year, years old with, uh, I think they called him Sut Anup, Anup. I don't know how the Egyptians pronounce some mm -hmm. of their words. But this, this, this story is thousands and thousands of years old. Now, here's the link with alchemy. 
in September, I can make two stones, the white stone and the red stone. Red and white was the color that Egypt used. And they said, well, it's for the northern Egypt and, and the red is for the southern Egypt. The three main colors of alchemy are black, red, and white. They have a black, red, and white pyramid. After a while, you say, you know, how many coincidences are coincidences? The white stone is done with the female moon only. It's a lesser stone. It's done by cutting the top off of it or taking the head off the egg because it's direct light. It has to do with moisture. Everything about that stone is the same as John the Baptist. And it's the same 10,000 years ago in, in these old uh, Egyptian prayers and things that Massey has in his book. Hmm. Everything about Jesus is exactly the same as the red stone. There are old records that says he was born in September. Okay, they changed that to December. In December is when the stone unites with Horus. You know that symbol that's on the dollar bill? Yeah. Uh, the Eye of God? Mm -hmm. That's the Eye of Horus. That symbol was also, I don't know if you've seen or have talked about the lost tomb of the Jesus family. Oh, uh, geez, um, we must have, because it sounds familiar. Right. Well, that symbol was on the door. Now, they passed it over. They said, oh, that's just a family symbol. But in that same film, they went to the grave of Peter, and mm -hmm. the same symbol was there. Peter was not a member of the Jesus family. The symbol was a symbol, just like on the dollar bill. It had to do, it had to do with this matter. When you make, like Jesus said, make the male and female into one. When you make it into one, it takes three months to get to that point. You do it in the upper part of the oven, where below you were working at the lower part of this oven. And it joins with just the sun. This is where Osiris unites with Horus in the religion. In alchemy, it's when I am going to make the matter like the sun. That's what the alchemists, that's how they describe it. Mm -hmm. And the sun is perfect. It's male, pure spirit. That's what you're doing with this matter at that stage. Everything fits. It's like talking about Gerald Massey's books. I'll say he has 2,000 pages. Rob, on seven or eight or nine hundred of those pages, I can explain it in a different way and link it to this process, link it to Jesus, link it to Osiris, link it to what they did in ancient Egypt. I know nobody else has ever said these things to you. I say that I found the past. Nobody wants to listen because... It's just about so many things. I'll tell you another thing. Like, look what we made astrology today. Well, you can go down and tell them when you're born, and they'll tell you your whole life. Well, everything I, don't, I don't put a lot of faith in astrology. I don't put a lot of faith in psychic phenomena. And, you know, I, I'm kind of guy, I want to see the proof. I don't want I don't want smoke and mirrors anymore. There's, there's enough people out there who are blowing smoke up your butt all the time. I want I, facts. I, I want proof. Okay, this is the proof about astrology. Like I said, what man has made it into. Mm -hmm. Okay, if you get into all the alchemical pic pictorial allegories where they drew pictures and, and each picture, and believe me, everything in that picture says something. When they have an astrological symbol, and after a while you can see that all these steps are tied to different astrological symbols. The word definition that's tied to that constellation fits to what you're physically doing to the matter in the below. Another coincidence? It's like we talked about the virgin birth. Right. Okay? And they call it the two sisters. The two sisters are the constellation Virgo, 
which is overhead in September, and the other sister is the moon female. This is in Genesis, Genesis, it doesn't say this in Genesis, but when the dry land is brought forth, okay, on the third day. That's the end of the third day, the dry land's brought forth in alchemy, it's called mercury, it's the thing, it's the substance that Flamel describes. This is when Osiris is reborn. This is the dry land that Adam was made out of when he was formed into a man. Everything is tied into this process when you know it. And like yourself, and I tell everybody, I have the steps free on my site. Mm -hmm. If you'll learn the steps, the times of the years, the constellations, what they did in Egypt, you can go back into these books and you can figure all of it out. And all the other religions, there's there's a dozen religions that you can go back and talk about. Every one of them has three, four, five different parts of this old science. After a while, you say, how come they all have parts of it? You know, why don't they have the whole thing? The only place that I can find the whole thing is in Egypt. But even there, I told you that uh, they had problems 4500 BC in trying to understand a lot of this, mm -hmm. but it was never lost. Our alchemists knew it. They talk about Plato and Platonics. That's alchemy. Uh, anybody, Sir Isaac Newton, all of these guys, Da Vinci, all the things they did, the way the buildings were built, even in the United States, the Constitution says the natural God or the God of nature. All right, let me ask you this because we're running out of time very fast here. Why do we need to know this? We've done so long without it. What's the big deal about it in today's society? I always wanted to know the truth about the past, Rob. Uh, I was I went to a Christian school for mm -hmm. six years, and then I went to a public school. Uh, we we learned a lot of catechism and stuff like that. Right. I just wanted to know the truth about things. Your spirit, your soul. People talk about it all the time. And I've had a lot of bad times, I might say, when because people say my spirit, blah blah blah. I say. Listen, if you understand baptism and if you understand Jesus and the creation, you don't have a spirit. The reason Jesus says that he came to earth and the reason he was baptized, if you read in the Gnostic Gospels, like I said, they've been buried 2,000 years, okay? Mm -hmm. He believed in Sophie, that the earth was brought forth by the female goddess. Yes. Okay, this, this gets right back to alchemy where the dry land earth is brought forth by the moon only. You only have soul. I can read it to you in the Pymander. Uh, I can read it to you in a lot of places. But so, you need so, to... so basically, this is a personal quest you're on. Well, it, it, it didn't turn out. I mean, I didn't start out any of this. I just, a long time ago when I read this, I said, you know, so I think as a society, we've, we've missed something of the past. But, we, as, but my question to you, Al, and I'm sorry, but I'm having a problem understanding why, if this is not fact, why people are interested in it. Which part's not the fact? Well, the entire thing that, so far, you know, we've had a great discussion. There's a lot of theory. There's a lot of supposition. But where's the archaeological facts to collaborate all that we've been talking about? The facts are in all the books. Ah, wait a sec. No, no. I mean more than books. I, I mean physical evidence that we can see in museums. There is none. 
I don't know. Uh, a lot of these prayers and things that Massey is talking about are all carved in stone over in Egypt in, in uh, their graves. All right, all right. So this is based on the Egyptian philosophy. Right. But has there been collaborative evidence found around the world? I mean evidence, not supposition, not philosophies, not theories. Evidence to collaborate well, this one-world religion that you talked about. Uh, you have to do it with the pyramid. There's pyramids all over the world. Well, of course, people wanted to get higher to what they believed was their creations. Well, you can, you can believe that, but why didn't they just build a round tower or a square tower? Why did they always come up with the same design? Because, some, because, some it, of, because of the like, stability, the stability of the pyramid. You know, it's, it's got a fixed base. Well, a few minutes ago, you were saying, you know, these are people that knew nothing, lived in the sand, the desert. Well, it, it doesn't take it doesn't it doesn't take a genius to understand that if you step in water, you're going to get wet, or if you That's, step in mud, you're going to slip. But do you know what phi is? I'm sorry. Do you know what phi p h i phi is? P h i no. Tell me. Phi is a mathematical principle. You have to know math in depth to be able to figure it out. Uh, in some of these pyramids, we're just figuring out some of the math principles that they have in them. All right, stand by, Al. We've got to take our final break. We'll be back on the other side. Exonation. Al Sylvester's our guest, thefirstmythology.com. You be the judge. I'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. Explanation, our guest this hour is Al Sylvester. His website is www.thefirstmythology.com. That's www.thefirstmythology.com. What are your goals, Al, and uh, where is your work going from here? My goal is, uh, I'm an engineer. I've told mm -hmm. you that. Yep. I nuclear power to those kinds of things. Uh, it takes a particular kind of person to... Uh, really put all this mythology down. I really would like to connect with somebody that does that because uh, what I found can explain everything in the past. It's important to a lot of people about God and religion. Mm -hmm. This will explain where God came from, where religion came from. It's something as society I think we need. But a, lot of people, a lot of people won't accept it. I know that. But there are a lot of people that will accept it. To me, though, the really important thing is I believe this matter, I'm not saying it's perfected or mm -hmm. that it's pure God or anything like that, but it did do what they said. I just watched a program two days ago about Egypt where they were talking about the excessive amounts of gold that they had in Egypt that they can't account for. You know, how did they have so much gold? And they actually talked about the Philosopher's Stone 
and that possibly they were transmuting different metals into gold. But, but Al, we know that history has lied through its teeth. We know Christopher Columbus didn't discover the Americas. We know that there's so much bull in academia that it's not funny. And I personally hold academia responsible for some of the mess that this world is in because there's a lot of bull out there. And as I've said before many times on this show, in my opinion, the Internet is the biggest cesspool that man has ever created. So when we look at the big picture, Al, once again at the end of the night, does it really matter? Is it going to change the world? Are we going to be able to solve the problems of the world by trying to understand philosophies and religions in the past that have failed? What I would say that maybe if we understood where the religion came from, and in my own words, and I have to say it, I said, you know, it's ridiculous to think that I got my spirit from the sun and I got my soul from the moon and the earth came forth from an egg. If everybody realized that maybe they think a little differently about who they call their enemy because he uh, has a different uh, god or, or worships in a different mm -hmm. way. All the alchemists worship by saying that there was a god in nature. Uh, their proof was things like see the mathematical principles and the way nature works. That's why they studied nature. Al, I hate to do this, but we're, we've run out of time for tonight. I want to thank you very much for joining us. Uh, I, I find this a bit hard to swallow, to be honest with you. However, this is your belief. This is what a religion is based on. And this is what philosophy is all about. Trying to understand, well, but wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. If it failed in the past, do we really need to rekindle it to understand and try and make it work here in the, in the present? If it failed in the past, nothing's changed a lot since then. So that's about it. All right, Exxon Nation. Once again, Al Sylvester has been my guest this hour. www.thefirstmythology.com. That's www.thefirstmythology.com. I'll be back on the other side of the news at six and a half minutes past the hour as the Exxon continues with yours truly, Rob McConnell. Once again, if you'd like to listen to the archives anytime for the past 90 days, www.exonepodcast.com. I'll be back on the other side of the news, six and a half minutes past the hour. Don't go away.